It's hard to say when something is a best practice, but it's much easier to know when something is a great practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Interviews with PMO and project management leaders who, through years of trial and error, have discovered their own great practices and are now sharing their insights with you. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation as Chris Kopp uncovers another great practice in this episode. Well, we'd like to welcome you to this month's episode of Great Practices. And what's coming up in this episode? Well, today we're going to be interviewing Brian Garner, who's the Director of Content Strategy at White Deer Group, an Atlanta-based company that helps with content strategy and business documentation. And you may be saying, well, what does that have to do with a PMO? Well, like it or not, a large part of being a PMO includes a content practice. Because if the PMO is the engine of your project-based company, then content and information is the fuel. And in this episode, what you're going to learn is, first, some of the challenges that content presents to a PMO. Uh, Second, we're going to learn this rule of thirds that helps make sure that your content stays pristine. Brian covers that interesting concept with us. Third, who determines whether something is easy and understandable? And then finally, one thing that you can do to make sure that everyone always comes to you as the project manager with every single question they could possibly have. Hint, this is not something you want to do. So let's get right into our episode. Keep your PMO engine running smoothly with great information. Well, we'd like to welcome everyone to this episode of Great Practices, and we are looking forward to talking to our guest today, who is Brian Garner. He is the Director of Content Strategy for White Deer Group. And uh, you may say to yourself, well, what in the world does content strategy have to do with PMO? And we'll talk about that in a little bit, uh, about what that looks like. But to start things off, Brian, what I'd like to do is just you tell us a little bit about who you are and what that means to be director of content strategy. Well, who I am is uh, I've, I've been doing content strategy and, and website development for 25 years or so. And anybody who, who built web pages, you know this, back in the early days, uh, you want to change the header or the footer and you've got to change every page or cut and paste across each .html file. Right. And uh, content reuse became a really big thing for me back in the early 2000s. Um, Anytime you can write once and publish everywhere, such a huge time savings, it it created consistency. So I started with SSO and moved into a little PHP and did some cold fusion, if anybody remembers that. Um, And now content management systems really kind of make that happen. And uh, so what we do at White Deer Group is work with with companies who have a large number of documents, uh, a document library, and we help them create, publish, and manage in a way that that helps uh, reduce accuracy erosion and uh, maintains the integrity of the information because it changes. The, The info changes depending on who you're talking to and what your objective is but a lot of it remains the same, the core parts of it. So yeah, that, and we help folks to, to modernize, get out of PDFs, 
to, to future proof so that um, change happens. So you might as well embrace it and, uh, and to measure where we can. All right. Excellent. That's a, I like a lot of those, um, those concepts that you bring in to the table there, you know, particularly that whole concept of uh, create, publish and manage. And we're going to get more into that in a little bit, but I just do want to set up this conversation, uh, you know, before we start going down that path, because, you know, this is a podcast that's primarily focused on the PMO leader. So the assumption is that most people that are going to be listening to the show uh, have a PMO. And that means if their organization has a PMO uh, or they're part of a PMO, that they take projects seriously. So the way I look at that is that let's say that the PMO drives projects to closure. So if the PMO is the engine of a projectized organization, then it's got to have fuel to run. And to me, that fuel is content and information, right? That's really what feeds into uh, this engine in order to run this PMO. And that's where I was excited about talking to you because that's where your experience and your expertise comes into play is because you can really help us understand, you know, how can we leverage this content and information? I think you said that there was accuracy erosion, right? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great term because that happens all the time. The second that 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 document is done, it begins to erode as far as its accuracy goes. So that's some of the things we want to talk with you about today about how can we maintain that. Mm -hmm. So Brian, what are some of the what are some of the different types of content and information that you know, you know, throughout your experience that surrounds projects and PMOs? So with, there are different types of PMOs and, and you get you and I kind of discussed a couple of differences between ones that you've been in and ones that I've been in, but, but there are common PMO artifacts. There's, there's a charter, there's a BRD, an FRD, a project plan, um, uh, a risk mitigation strategy, a change log. A lot of those, a lot of those things are, are just common standard artifacts. They may not be used on every project. Right. When I was at Delta, then, then our PMO was actually responsible for developing the user guides. And, and the playbooks as well. And then they didn't hand them over to a training team, they handed them over to the business team. So for a web content management system, they created the training guides and then they turned them over to us, the, the content operations team. Um, so that document had a longer shelf life then um, and it needed to be updated over time uh, for the different versions and, and as we learn new things. Um, but a lot of those documents also kind of reuse content. You know, the, yeah. the scope is in a lot of them. The, the business reason is in a lot of them. And uh, if, if you're cutting and pasting, that's fine. Um, as long as when you update one, you're updating two or three or four. Right. right. And that's, you know, and I think that's a key point because you, you mentioned that is that, you know, it's going to vary from company to company. It's going to vary from project to project. It's going to vary from project manager to project manager as far as, you know, there may be this core framework of content, but it's going to be, you know, the, the, the project may be highly complex and have a ton of content surrounding it or maybe, uh, you know, a lot simpler and just have a little bit. But regardless, the problem is going to be the same, right, no matter what those artifacts are. 
Um, so what are some of these challenges and the, the problems they create when it comes to, like you're saying, that content getting stale and old or disconnected and orphaned and all these terrible things that happen to content and information? There are three areas to any content practice. And if you're a PMO, you are a content practice, whether you, you like it or not. Um, there's, there's create, there's publish, and, and there's management. And each one of those plays a part in the accuracy and, um, and whether or not you're getting the right information to the right people at the right time. You know, the, the ultimate goal would be that everybody can get what they need they ask you what time it is. You don't tell them how to make a watch. You can tell them what time it is. Right. And, and if they just want a piece of information, they don't want to read a seven page document in order to get that. Um, so th that's one aspect of it. The other aspect, a, a key part of this is the ability to self-service that information. Um, and the, 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 the PM is constantly bombarded with, with some version of, can you send me the latest version of? Um, can you send me the updated? I lost your email that had the link. Yeah. Um, so, so how you create, you know, it, it, we could even start there. One of, the, one of the challenges is, are you creating too much? Who's your audience? Who's your objective? And, and what I've seen in some PMOs is that because because we're a PMO and we have standard artifacts, people expect to see these. Therefore, we will create each of these. But do you have the audience for it? Right, right. Is there even a need? Exactly. That's right. So, you know, don't create something. How's this go? You don't obtain something unless you have the ability to maintain it. And if you don't, then don't obtain it, right? So there's no point in complicating some of those things. Yeah. And then how you publish is, is a function of that. I, I've seen Confluence, Jira, uh, Company Wiki, SharePoint, um, I mean, the Quip, the Google Docs. It depends on whether you're dealing with internal clients or external clients or, you know, we're going to duplicate this and put it on the Google Drive so that people outside the company can see it. So the audience and the objective really come into to play with that. Um, right. so, how you, so how you publish matters. And then, you know, how, how you update is like everything else, your SMEs are somewhat siloed. So your subject matter experts know this one thing, but that one thing may appear in four different documents. So unless your SME knows about those other documents, then, then the management of that becomes a problem. Yeah. So, um, you know, create, manage, publish, where you, where you begin with that almost doesn't matter, but you have to consider the other two at each one of the steps. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, you've called that, I think you've said that that's your rule of thirds, right? Um, you know, roughly you want to spend maybe a third of the time or you have to realize that that, that, that content has these three life cycles to it, you know, or these mm -hmm. three aspects to it. Um, and I want to go back to, to create uh, some of the, some of the key points when it comes to create is to make it understandable and easy, right? Mm -hmm. And, and who, how do you determine what's understandable and easy? What, what does that look like? Well, you start with your audience and your objective. Um, that content strategy. Sometimes people ask me how you define it. And, and really that's it. Who's my audience and what am I trying to tell them? And, yeah. and 
for executive leadership who's looking, executives talk in, in data stories, right? They say this is going to save us X amount of dollars or Y percentage of inbound phone calls or whatever. But that's not detailed enough for somebody who's talking about provisioning or deprovisioning of a service. It's right. not it's not detailed enough for failover rates. So the audience is different, but but some of them still need that same basic, here's our problem and here's our business reason behind solving that problem. Yeah. So that's interesting. So what you're saying is it varies. It varies. <laughs> I mean, it's like you literally have to start with, uh, with your audience and what's the objective. And then that's going to give you the definition of, well, this is understandable and easy. You know, and it, and it could vary. It could be literally a data point, like you're saying, and that's all that's needed. Or who knows, it could end up being a whole specifications document. So it's very interesting. Okay. Now, publish. Um, I think publish becomes findable and usable, right? That's kind of what that ends up looking like. So how, how can that be accomplished? Again, there's a little bit of audience that comes into play here in that... Um, you know, the, the tech team may work through JIRA in the backlog and they expect documents to be attached to it, which creates an, one more chance for a document to become out of, out of step. Um, but, you know, you, you may want PDFs. You may want to be accessible only to internal people. You may want it to be accessible to external people. Um, if it is a PDF, is pinch and zoom okay? Is your is is your audience on a tablet or a mobile device? And and that's possibly true for end user documents. Right. Um, so where you put it is is kind of a big deal. And we live in a world of democratized information. So the the ability to distribute authorship was a, a very large leadership objective, right? Because, because a documentation team became a bottleneck, therefore let's push it out to the SMEs. They can always keep it updated. And that's great, except the SMEs tend to work in the channel that they know best. Some yeah. are going to do it in Confluence and it'll be evergreen content. Some will attach it to JIRA and then attach it again and then attach it again. And then now, now you've got findability issues in terms of, um, of surge. The more common ways are, you know, one of the things that we, we do is we do uh, a searchable KB, we do a searchable knowledge base, everything's in HTML. And whether we keep the, and, and each one of those is topic-based, whether we keep the form that's a, attached to that topic in the KB or not is almost irrelevant, but we'll point to where it is. Right. And the, the other way to do that is how most people do it, um, not gonna lie, Dropbox, SharePoint, Google Drive, and it's a directory structure. Um, your audience probably knows the difference between Google and Yahoo, or at least old Yahoo. And old Yahoo was a directory structure whereby if I was a restaurant in Atlanta, I would go to restaurants, Atlanta, Midtown, Chinese delivery. Um, but then I would also put it in restaurants, Atlanta, Midtown, Asian yep. delivery, right? And I would have to put it every place that I wanted it. That relies heavily on taxonomy. As long as everybody's 
calling everything the same thing, you're fine. But uh, I, I come back to Delta examples, firearms and guns, um, luggage and baggage, which, which of those? Um, uh, so right. what that means in terms of search then is search is usually keyword based. So looking for uniform policy, you might get the company's policy is to wearing uniforms, or you might get that there's a uniform policy for peeling potatoes, <laughs> or you, you might get um, that our policy is to always wear a uniform in front of customers, whatever. That's actually then multiplied by the number of audiences that you have if you create different documents. Yeah. So uh, a holiday schedule at, at Delta we had one for salaried employees, one for uh, hourly employees, one for contract workers, and then one for union. So that's four policies. There's the US holidays, Canadian holidays, European, Asian. You search for days off and you're presented with a haystack and it's up to you to find the needle. Exactly. And that's, I think that's, you know, you were saying, because it is, it's a difference between directory based versus topic based, which you really said was intent, right? What is, what's that end user's intent? What, what do they want to get? Because you're right. You know, we've all done that. You, you put in that, uh, that search term and you end up with just pages of irrelevant information that have nothing to do with you. Right. You know, and that's not, that's certainly not your intent of what you wanted to do there. Right. So that's a good point. I mean, it does. It needs to be findable and usable uh, in whatever whatever that you know second rule of thirds is right there. And then I think you know the third the third point you said was manage right, and that has to do with integrity and accuracy, um, which actually has to do with credibility, right? So yeah. what's what is the what's the impact if if these documents you know from whatever is being generated from the PMO is not being managed correctly. What's, what's the impact of credibility there? Yeah, there, there are other people have done lots of studies on this. I mean, McKinsey says that uh, the, the average worker spends nine plus hours per week looking for the information that they need to do their job. Taking that a step further is that once somebody finds something to be, well, first of all, if it took them a long time to find it, your natural inclination is once you do find it, to save it and put it on your hard drive. <laughs> right. Which means that you're never going to get the updates. You're always going to be working off an old version. Yeah. The other part of, of credibility is, especially when content is reused across documents, is if they conflict, then then what you've just taught people is to now ask the PM for, to reconcile that. Yep. And once they do that twice, then their first step is no longer search. It's now go straight to the PM to reconcile that. Yep. And it's a, and now you've got a PM that's serving as that that's flawed right. directory structure, right? That's right. In addition to creating documents that other people are, aren't going to read because they don't have the audience for it, which makes it fit. It makes it feel like make work, right? I'm doing this just to check the box. Um, so all three of them really play together. Um, how you create something is, is based on its change frequency, <clears throat> its audience, 
its objective. Um, and that will determine whether you write it as evergreen or you will put it on an editorial calendar to update it every week after the team meeting, or you put variables in or you use a content management system. And then how you publish it is largely determined by who's going to see it, internal, external. Um, do they need web-based? Do, do they want PDF? Do we want them to have PDF? Right. Um, also, how you create it determines how it dies. Every time you create something, what's the end state? This will die. How do we gracefully pull it down? Right. Yeah, you have got to have a plan for that. That's right. You know, and I, I think of just in general, um, you know, as far as, a good model, like a website, just a basic website that a company may have, right? Yeah. Uh, as far as just content, everybody's like gung ho about that when it comes to that creating. And, you know, it's so much fun and this is going to be great, right? So there's the first part. It's published, you know, findable, usable for a little bit of time. And then what, what happens over time? What happens to that website, right? It just devolves broken links, useless garbage, you know, that's just been orphaned out there. And that, that's really what happens to our content, isn't it? It is. And, and usually, keeping with the, the website example, is that the production of a website, the initial production, is everybody's responsibility. We, we've got our SMEs from HR to talk about the about us. And we've got the PR team, we've got the product team, and we've got the policy team and the lawyers. And then once it's published, it feels like the only people responsible for it are the web team, which might be a, a person. Yeah. Uh, it, it may be a small team yeah. um, who then has to go out and get all of it. So it's really important that every document have it own. And um, there's, there are actually three roles here. You, you, you've got the person who assembles topics for an audience and an objective, the PM. They're, they're gathering information. and and sending it out to whoever they have. And then each one of those topics has a SME, right? So I, I may go to one person for my access control list, another person for my failover, another person for my SSO, um, but they consolidate all that. Right. And then the, the third one is that when you have a PMO organization, the standards, the, the style guide, the, uh, the sunsetting, the archiving, uh, following those rules, you're managing multiple documents. You need a librarian. Hmm. So, and, and they can all be the same person, but they have to understand that they're, they're fulfilling different roles while yep. they do. And it, it gives you an editorial calendar. Um, every section has an owner. Um, you know, your product information is going to remain up to date because the salespeople are out there pushing it or because, because you're, you're adding new features or you're highlighting different features. So that tends to be watched. And it also tends to be seen by customers. You're gonna get feedback from them. Yeah. Uh, about Us may still have Bob from accounting on it. Um, and Bob hasn't worked here in four years. Because, yeah, exactly. Because the end user doesn't know and internal has no owner, so. Well, Brian, this was... Uh... This was a great conversation, and I tell you what, I think the the big takeaway, the great practice that um, that I'm getting out of this that that anybody could apply to a PMO would be your rule of thirds. Right? Mm-hmm. Is whenever any document is created, you should spend time creating it, 
you should spend time in thinking about publishing it, and then you should spend time managing it, right? And making sure that those three elements for any document, doesn't matter what it is, you know, every PMO is going to have different, different documents, um, and they're going to have, you know, different artifacts that they use, and it's going to vary from company to company, but create, publish, manage, just, we will all, we will all succumb to just creating and then thinking it's just going to take care of itself. That never happens, right? So uh, that's a really, that's uh, some good insight there into, into doing that. So we definitely appreciate you bringing that to us today. And again, that concept too, you know, we just, we say it all the time, but it's like, you know, the right once, publish everywhere, right? Prevents a lot of problems also, right? Once, publish any, everywhere. Uh, because of the fact that you've got that one source of truth that, you know, doesn't get old. So, all right. Well, we definitely appreciate you coming on today. And now if people wanted to find more about White Deer Group or you, how would they connect with you? What's the best way to get in touch, get in touch with you? Well, I'm available on LinkedIn, um, but whitedeergroup.com talks about us, which is content strategy and, and, we do a lot of the head thinking for um, some global companies. And then we have some subsidiaries, manual makers, uh, focuses on franchise companies, and, and they do the wrench turn it. So yeah. we have a publishing house, and um, we, we think about content a lot. And um, our, our own stuff is, is uh, kind of channeled and, and bifurcated. And we bring it all together for, for ourselves. So we eat our own dog food too. Nice. So what you're saying is that your website is up to date. My website is up to date. Yes. <laughs> and, and my internal knowledge base is up to date. Okay. We'll take, we'll take your word for that, but knowing you, I'm sure it is. So, all right, Brian, we'll enjoy the conversation and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Chris. Appreciate you. Well, I sure picked up a lot from that conversation, and I hope you did too. A couple of things. First of all, the PMO is a content practice within the company, and as such, we need to understand that content lifecycle. Here's the great practice that really came out of today's discussion. Use the rule of thirds. Number one, create. Make it understandable and easy. What is it that makes it understandable and easy? Well, it's the audience and the objective. They determine whether it's going to be something that is going to be understandable and easy. So always keep that audience and objective in mind. Second was publish, making whatever it is that you've created findable and useful. Now, making it findable and useful, as we learned, really deals with the intent that people have. People read, people look for information in order to do something not necessarily just know something. So help people do that. Help people find what they're looking for so that they can go do what it is that they need to get done. And then finally, the idea of managing that content, focusing on that integrity and accuracy. I don't know if you picked up on that, but if you have two or three conflicting documents that have different information, what you're going to do is you're absolutely going to train everyone to ignore the documentation out of the gate and come to you first because they don't trust what's in writing. And that's certainly not what you want as a project manager. And finally, I thought that the idea of write once, publish anywhere 
was uh, a good practice as well. You know, that's just something that we want to make sure that we're mindful of whenever it is that we're creating that content. Don't forget to update the content on your website while you're at it because John from accounting has been gone for four years. Now, do you have a great practice that you'd like to share? If so, we'd love to hear from you and have you as a guest on a future show. Uh, we're lining up for months in advance, so we would love to have you as a guest. And in order to submit that form, you can go to the pmoleader.com, click on community, and then you'll see Great Practices Podcast. And there's a form at the bottom of that page that you can fill out. So again, we thank you for listening. And that's it for this episode. And start putting great practices into practice. <laughs>